0: If you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 22 tonight. We've been kind of going through Matthew's Gospel and Matthew's account. Uh, this story, this narrative is covered through all four of the Gospels, and they really kind of intertwine with one another. And it's come, it, it comes from a different perspective which, with each of them. Uh, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 22, uh, verse number uh, 35 and then we're also going to be uh, briefly in mark chapter number 12 verse number 30 or 28 through 34 and again i don't want to go too deep into this tonight because as i mentioned earlier um, here on that wednesday there's not a lot of historical records of what actually took place jesus easily could have been continuing his teaching could have been a day of rest knowing what was going to take place more than likely what we're going to cover tonight had already taken place, had already been talked about and taught on in the temple there on Tuesday. As I said, he he hit on a lot of different things as he was teaching in the temple. And there's many things that have stood out to me during this journey. One thing that we've hit on the past few lessons is the authority of Jesus. And, And the authority of Jesus, as I've said before, has been put on full display this week. People are seeing his full authority as he's coming out. And again, as the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious leaders are questioning him and and testing him and trying to get him to trip up. I love how Jesus responds to their questions. He answers their questions, not with just the factual statement. He answers their question with a question in and of itself. And that's where I want to hit on tonight because to me, Yes, the overarching theme is about his authority, but one of the overarching themes of the whole Easter narrative, the whole story of Easter, and the final week of Jesus' life and ministry here on this earth, is the overarching theme of love. And what I see is that complete and total love that our Savior has for us, for his children. And in Matthew 22 Verse 35, as well as Mark chapter number 12, verse uh, uh, 28, I believe it is. We have a question that many of us have heard preached on before many, many times over, whether it be in this church or other churches. And it's a question from one of the scribes or uh, one of the lawyers, as, as it mentioned in Mark's account of the gospel. And the question, I'll go ahead and jump into it in in Matthew chapter number 22, verse number uh, 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, we have to remember and set the stage a little bit. They're testing him, tempting him, trying to trip up Jesus. Because in this question, it was trying to deceive him because in the old testament the jewish law had 613 commandments or commandments 613 commandments or commands that were in the old testament law and it was impossible to keep all 613 commands it was impossible no one could keep all the law and that's why Jesus had to come to fulfill the law and and he is greater than all of that, but when they ask the question of, hey, what's the greatest command? What's the greatest commandment? I I love what Jesus does, and we're going to read the verse in just a minute, but what he does is he again quotes scripture. He goes back to the Old Testament, and he quotes from the Old Testament. He quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, as well as Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And Again, very briefly before I get into that, out of the 613, this is interesting. Out of the 613 commands or commandments in the Old Testament law, 365 of them were negative. negative. I I just keep thinking every time, you know, we talk to Noah. Negative. No, it's not negative. It's not negative. Anyway, I lost my head there for a minute. Uh, 365 of the commands were negative in nature, meaning those thou shalt nots telling you what you shouldn't do. The other 248 were affirmation affirming what you should do. Now think about that. There's typically 365 days in a calendar year. So every day you have a command of what you should not do. And then mixed in there, there's things that here's what you should do. And when Jesus was asked this question, they were trying to trick him up. Hey, there's 613, but which is the best? Or What's, what's your favorite? What do you think is the most significant? So he goes back to the Old Testament and he answers the question with Scripture. And that's the greatest advice that I can give anyone. If someone has a question for you, try to answer it with Scripture because Scripture makes things very clear for us. And back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, um, God had said, or Jesus is, is quoting this. He says, "Hero, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. So that was that first commandment. And then he continued on when he quoted Leviticus 19, 18, where it says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against thy, the, the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Now, we have to understand, and I'll read Matthew's account of what Jesus was saying but love is the key. Love is, is one of the great keys to the whole, uh, the whole Bible. It's, it's the key to this whole week. It's why Jesus came to this earth. Everything, you see, the Lord did and said hinged on his love for us because love is the key to it all. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is saying, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You can put all 613 laws and put them on these two things. Love God and love others. It's things that we've talked about before. It's things that we've mentioned before. But we remember, when, when Jesus Christ came, to this earth. He he came to fulfill that and give us a better way. He was that ultimate sacrifice. And I can't help but think of the love. We we sang that song the other day, where your love ran red. I can't help but think of the love that, that Jesus Christ had for us. And there's three things. I don't have notes for you all tonight, if you want to take notes, you're more than welcome to. Just write a few things down, jot them down. I'm going to put a couple slides up here in just a second. But there's three things that we see in, in here that this whole lesson boils down to tonight. And it's this. We see, number one, a love from God. Number two, a love for God. And number three, a love for others. Let me say that again. Number one, a love from God, a love for God, and a love for others. You see, God's love for us is demonstrated in what He did in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And listen to me when we understand what God did for us, then we should happily return the love. From him, back to him. That's what I mean here. That love from God. God loved us so much, I can't help but think of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when we think of the love from God, from our heavenly father, the love that is sent down from heaven, in turn, it should cause us to reciprocate that love back to God. Since we have the love from God coming down to us in the form of Jesus Christ, it causes us to send our love back to Him. And that's kind of the, the meat of that first commandment that Jesus was breaking it all down to. First and foremost, you have to love God because of the love that came down from heaven and was sent in the form of Jesus Christ to you, the love from God and the love for God that we should have. The Bible says we love him, why? Because he first loved us. The reason we should love God, the reason we should show, show forth our love to him is because of the love that he has given us. So those are those first two things. But then that third thing, it's that love for others, Now, before I go into that, we have to again understand that the love that God sent to us was a selfless love. It was a love that was given freely. It was a love with no strings attached. And that, friends, is the same love that we should have back to God, but then that third point, for others. You see, that's, this is where the rubber meets the road for us. Jesus told this scribe that the next great commandment is to love other people. And the Old Testament was filled with commandments. But listen, if we know the God of love, we will love him in return. And if we love him, listen, we will love who he loves and what he loves. So who does God love? What does God love? Who did he came who did he come to this earth for? He came to this earth for people, for others. Goes back to John 3:16. For God so loved the world. The world isn't just the the sphere in the sky. For God so loved the world, the people. So much that he did what? That he gave his only son for us. And when you think about that, and that, I just wanted to hit on that briefly again. This is probably something that he had talked about and taught on in the temple yesterday. And really, we're kind of indebted to that scribe that was trying to, you know, foolishly trick up, uh, uh, you know, trick and and tempt Jesus Christ. And really, by doing that, Jesus was able to help us and all those that were listening understand some very important things. And and I think about this love for others. God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth. And and if we want to love the way that God loves, then we have to love what God loves and what God loves and who God loves is people, other people. Again, it's never a self-centered love. It's a love that is selflessly reaching out to others on their behalf. And as the narrative continues, you know, I, I can't help but, but think in, in Matthew chapter number 23 where he's hitting on things and, and he's even hitting on service. You think about being a servant. There are people that have that spiritual gift of service that love to help other people. It's, it's naturally a part of their life a part of their character and their fiber of who they are. There are some that you have to pull teeth to get them to serve someone else. And, and for most of us, it is difficult for us, honestly, to go out of our way, to, to put ourselves second and someone else first, someone else above us. But that's what Jesus Christ came to do. And that's what we learn in this final week, that he willingly, selflessly put himself second for you, for me. And I've known people, you've known people that are great at serving other people, At great, are great at showing love for other people. I've also known people, and you know people, that are great at showing love for themselves. They are great at serving themselves. Oh, they're also great at serving other people only when it's convenient for them, or only when there's a crowd. I, I, I've, I've met people like that. You have as well. Sadly, there's a lot of people like that in Christianity that are there for the promotion. Hey, look at me. I'm here to serve. And I've even uh, encouraged our team with the things that we're doing with impact. There are things that we have listed on Facebook and social media that we are doing and have done. There are things that I've told them I don't want to list. I don't want to get it out there because that's not why we're doing it. We're not doing it for more likes and more comments and and more shares. We're doing it to truly make an impact to other people's lives and show them that, hey, we love you. Not so that we can have a great name for ourselves, but so that God's name and God could be glorified. And that's what it's all about. And that's what impact is all about this year. Impacting our world and turning the world upside down through love, through service. And what, I, what I've seen and what I've learned this week again is this. Complete love loves completely. Complete love loves completely. And that's what Jesus Christ came to this earth to do. To completely love us and to love us completely. And as he's questioned and tempted and tested by the scribes and Pharisees, it, it, it's, it's pretty funny, it's pretty awesome. When you look at Matthew chapter number 23, seven times that I have counted in Matthew's gospel and Matthew's narrative in chapter number 23, Jesus is calling out those religious leaders. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. And then he calls them out, hypocrites. Hey, you bunch of Hypocrites. When Jesus came, when he's teaching in the temple, he is trying to abolish and demolish that that superficial religion that was so evident in their lives at that time. And it's that same superficial religion that is evident in the lives of many believers today or so-called believers that is very man-centered instead of God-centered. And Jesus just flatly calls them out, hey, You scribe, you Pharisee, you hypocrite. You are superficial. That's not what it's all about. So church, again, very briefly, what what the Lord reminded me of today is something that he probably taught on yesterday is that we need to have, we need to understand that there is that love that was sent down from God, from our Heavenly Father. And because of that love that was sent from our Heavenly Father, in turn, we should reciprocate that love Back to him. We love him because he first loved us. And then because of that, we must love what he loves and who he loves and who he loves is people. Others. Think not every man in his own things, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. If we want to have the mind of Christ, we have to have the mind of others. Complete love loves completely